Welcome to that 80s show. Once a week, we go boom boom in our rooms. Hello, Dory. Well, maybe you go boom boom in your room. I don't want to know about anything about that, though. Okay? Oh, We've been friends, friends for many years. Many years, pal. We've been friends for, I feel like, most of our lives. And I try to get over you and your tidy whities at my birthday party. And now you're telling me that you're going boom boom in your room. I, it's too much, okay? I can't. I can't do this. Mm, there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. Uh, Long time listeners of so the much. show <laughs> will know that I went to Dory's eighties themes. Of course, it was an eighties themed birthday party. He had a wham cake. Dory had a wham cake. Did indeed. It's is it the same picture that was on your cake that we use in our profile picture on the Facebook page? Well, well, we shuffle the profile pictures around, but yes, one of those pictures was the cake. Was yes. was the cake. I'm not going to confirm nor deny what part of George Michael I ate, um, mm. but it was an 80s themed party. So I, of course, came as Tom Cruise in Risky Business. And we all know what scene, yes. what scene uh, I'm referring to. <laughs> and, and, and I think one best un- undressed. If I'm if I'm if I remember Both. correctly. Yep, quite right. Best dressed and best <laughs> undressed. Oh my word! You know, I, I, and I, I think I'm glad. I'm glad that you actually remind me of that because uh, if you're listening on the <laughs> podcast, you wouldn't have heard the opening song. It is uh, boom boom. Mm-hmm. Is it parentheses or brackets? And uh, let's go back to my room. <laughs> <laughs> by Paul Lukakis, uh played out on the live stream. And um, I don't quite know where I was going with this, but uh, <laughs> because I'm thrown, I'm so thrown. Um, what made you draw the parallel, actually? I don't know. It's how my brain works funny ways. Okay. Like, I mean, you make so many jokes all the time about, you know, lying there on the on the fluffy carpet listening to George Michael. Yes. What 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 what, what kind of carpet is it, is it again? Remind me. It's all like a shaggy it's all shaggy sh- rug. Sh- shaggy rug. Um Yeah, the shaggy y- rug. Uh, I think I think it's just been years and years and years of you just making all these innuendos and then you start the show with boom boom and it's the first thing I thought of was was <laughs> Was you at my birthday party? In my tidy whities. You know, you know what? I'm actually reminded of what I wanted to say. So the place that you had your <laughs> birthday party at was, and it's closed. I passed there now. It's like it's a closed. catering place. It was a bar called oh, Amu- no. Amuse Cafe. And um, yeah. <laughs> I, no one knew. No one knew that it was quite a notorious gay club or gay bar. Uh, until you go to the bathroom, it's like, oh, there is a lot of male pornography on these walls. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't officially a gay bar, but the owner the owner was gay. And I mean, there was just a lot of, it was a very gay-friendly place. Yes. So, I mean, um, I chose it for the Mirables for of, my birthday. Of course, of course. It was just, um, you know, it's quite, quite surprising and great, great bar. Uh, Amuse Cafe. So just get us on a point there is that uh, last week we were meant to talk about the story is a notorious one-hit wonder, Paul Lukakis with Boom Boom, a huge song in the 80s. And uh, we kind of like wondered what he has ever gotten up to. Whatever happened to him, surely he's dead, right? Because we just assume everyone we haven't heard from in a while is dead. He's not. Yeah. He's still alive making music. 
but quite a sad story that he had. So obviously he has this uh, massive hit in the 80s. Paul Lukakis in the 80s, if you don't remember, we'll put up a, a picture on that 80s show, SF Facebook page. Gorgeous. Mm. Model, chiseled, mm. looks. The flyaway hair. Look at his flyaway hair, Dory, on the album cover. Yes. Flyaway yep. hair. Further down in the article, he's now posted on Instagram a photo of him, 1988 West Village, in tidy whities And I think that's probably what uh, drew the parallel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why you Clearly, you see, like I said, my brain does strange things, so my brain had correlated the two somehow. Yes, yes that's it. I did not yes. look like that in my tidy whities I'll, I'll tell you that for free. And You were uh, just missing the flyaway hair, that's all. Well, my hair flew away, completely <laughs> flew away. Uh, didn't... <laughs> It wasn't a style. It was a traumatic experience. <laughs> so he he has this massive hit in the 1980s. But of course, he has to keep two secrets. Uh, despite yes. his song being a massive, massive gay anthem, like absolutely monstrous gay anthem. I mean, it's no surprise. Boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. We all know what that means. And uh, it was played all around the New York club scene. He had to keep that the fact that he is gay closet. He had he had to keep it a secret. He was closeted during his whole tenure, and uh, I mean yeah. he, he went touring all over the place. He could never reveal that he was gay, and on top of it, in the height of the HIV pandemic, he was HIV positive. Yeah, so he had to keep these two things a secret because he goes, okay, listen, I've just broken through. I am a success. I got this number one hit. Uh, I can't tell anyone any of my secrets because I'm going to lose my contract, only to find out that his contract was actually a total scam. He made no money from that song. I mean, it's unbelievable how many people that has happened to. I know, but they and just... And the thing is, like, you get this huge one-hit wonder. You think, that's it. I'm made. And he, then exactly. you're screwed. But even all for one-hit wonder, you go, okay, look, this is huge. It's the number one. There's going to be royalties. Even if just out of people playing it on like themed weekends on radio and one hit wonder compilations, I'm going to get some money. And uh, he gets yeah. nothing. But it kind of goes into this trend because uh, I saw news this week of the Millie Vanilli documentary coming out. And we've spoken. I, mean, I don't think there's anything new to come out of the Millie Vanilli story. Uh, but it fits the stereotype that you've got this really good looking guy, model looks, like kind of negligible singing talent because it's okay, mm, you know. Just we, enough. Just, just enough, enough, yeah. Just enough. <laughs> and he's dumb. He's good looking. He can kind of sing. We're going to make some money out of him. He doesn't know what's going on. And they millie vanillied him basically and totally screwed him out of every cent for that song. He says, when the success fizzled out, he found him in West Hollywood battling addiction. He turned to sex work to support himself in his early 30s. Um, before joining yeah. rehab, he said he went from being a singer who strips to a stripper who sometimes sings uh, to, to support himself and to make his money. Um, but of course, luckily for him and, and, and fortunately for him, he's found great success and support in the LGBTQ plus community and is yeah. um, a huge icon in it and is finally living his best life. Um, he says, rainbow means a lot of things to a lot of people. Celebrate the rainbow, celebrate gay pride, celebrate your friends, celebrate with family, celebrate with new friends you meet, celebrate the joy, the love. That's the message from Paul Lukakis. And that's that's for everyone. And I'm I'm very happy for him, but that song is horrible. So what Dory's talking about, <laughs> you would have heard me say rainbow. Rainbow's for everyone. 
Rainbow is, is the name yeah. of a new song that he's got. Now, we're not going to play that. Yeah, we can't play that. Yeah. No. It's called no. Rainbow. But did he release it? Did he release it for Pride Month? Is it new? Is it like new, new? Th this is new. So this article is yeah. from the 12th of June. So, mm. and it does say new release. So yeah, it's called Rainbow. And here is the Solar City original mix featuring Solar City. It, he's in it. Is is probably what I can say about it. He is in the song. He he does. And I mean, he looks good. He looks good. He's aged well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's so, that's all I can say about it. Song is not the best. Mm -mm. There's a lot of preening to it, but but hey, listen, good for him. You know, he's been through hell. He's still out there making music that he wants. I mean, some may argue that the song we know him for is it's like hold on a second. You're expecting the guy who made the Boom Boom song that wasn't the Venga Boys. Um, <laughs> to have made something better, so, jokes on us. I know, I know, and the and the thing is, but the thing is, I, I've always loved that song. I loved it in the eighties. I still love it. It might not be one of the greatest songs, but there's something really cool about it, and it's it's iconic in its own way. Yeah, you know, there's something about it. It's okay. unique. It is okay. I'll buy that. What I do want to say to you, a dear dear friend of the show, the celeb savant. Um, some may mm. know him as a chart savant. The, the accidental podcaster. So many, sorry, so many interviews and podcasts that guy does. He, he was, <laughs> I mean, like, I think if he's looking for a sponsor, it needs to be like Halls, you know, Halls cough drops, because he's always talking. <laughs> okay, he must be constantly I think talking. Would, I think he would be talking either way. It just so happens that he's recording himself. Okay. But I think he's just a talker. I just now, now listen, if you follow him on TikTok, the celeb savant, we've seen him dancing. We've seen him do some moves. Dory, if we had to replace Barrett with Paul Lukakis in the, this music video, he's not looking out of place. <laughs> I've seen Barrett no. do every single one of these moves. I think he even has the same jacket. <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah. that is... Paul Lukakis with the song Rainbow, he of Boom Boom, Let's Go Back to My Room. Good for him. I like a good news story, especially when, you know, we often laugh at like uh, <laughs> 80s people with addictions if somehow they're not real people. But uh, when they do come out the other side, I'm always very um, happy for them. Big news, mm -hmm. big news this week, Dory, Linda Hamilton uh, of uh, Terminator. We know her. Uh, we spoke last week. Of, a of Beauty and the Beast. Ah, oh, she was. Oh my word! Let's have a throwback then. Come on, way more, way more Beauty yeah. and the Beast than Terminator. Really? Well, that's... I know that Terminator. Terminator is what made her, I suppose, uh, definitely a gay icon. Um, in fact, I think there's a Twitter account or an Instagram account called Linda Hamilton's Arms. Yes. And I know many of my gay friends go on about Linda Hamilton's arms. Well, so because she did work out to death for that role in Terminator. Well, she, she actually had amazing arm muscles. That's like, it. She actually muscles. she actually tells yeah. the story. You know, like we said, there's a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger content. There's a documentary about his 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 kind of career, and she's in it. And she tells the story of when she wasn't as jacked in the first Terminator, but she got jacked for the no, second. No, no, no. Right? Yeah. 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 So. Like, you know, Arnie hadn't really seen her, hadn't really seen her in costume. When she, she comes walking out and her arms are jacked. They're like prime Madonna arms. Her arms are <laughs> jacked. And even Arnold was like, 
what the hell? Look at your arm. Oh, like he's so ripped. And she's like, yes, I'm getting complimented by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've done something right. So even he was like, wow, your arms are fantastic. So I think she's more of the she's, arms. Linda Hamilton yeah, of arms Well, she fame. was competing, obviously, competing against his arms. Yes, yes. Um, so she pops up there. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, remember that show? I remember in South Africa, it used to be on Sundays. Uh, what was, was it, who played Beast? Vincent, uh, uh, it wasn't Vincent D'Onofrio. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, that's Ron it. Perlman. He didn't even need the makeup. His he, name was Vincent. The character's his name, name was, was Vincent. Vincent. His name was Vincent. Uh, so it was based on the classic Disney story, except the Beast lived in the this, this sewers? Underground? The sewers, the sewers, yes. What yes. a crazy story. Of New York and... It um, wasn't based on the classic Disney story. It was the, just the name <laughs> came from that. It wasn't that at all. Actually. But they couldn't be together. There was a single ca singing candlestick in the one episode, you remember? Um. <laughs> <laughs> How have we never spoken about this show? I've got our movie and TV show recommendations. I've got never. to think. I've got to think it was like a 1990s. There is no way we have gotten... Like, Dory, we've been doing I'm, this, I'm this show in this format no, for over three no, years. I think it started in the 80s. I'm looking it up, but I, I swear it started in the 80s. Because I remember being quite young when I watched it. Dory, you're probably right. And if it has done, and we have not commented on it, I think we've just let all 80s fans down. That you go, Why? The shit you guys talk Dude. about. The nonsense. Dude, <laughs> it ran from 1987 to 1990. Oh, my God, that is... <laughs> We have dropped a massive ball here. That is massive. Peak. We have dropped a beast-sized ball, Dory. <laughs> <laughs> Beast balls. <laughs> My word. How have we got... Here, okay, here's a theory. Here's a hypothesis, right? Maybe right, it yeah. only showed in South Africa in the 90s. How's that for hypothesis? Yes, possibly. No, that that's possible. Yeah. So maybe that's what we've... I'm trying to excuse us for our, mm -hmm. quite frankly, inexcusable okay. negligence. Okay. But back to your story. You said Linda Hamilton is back. She is back. In season five, she's coming back to season five of Stranger Things. Not coming back. Coming to season five of Stranger Things was announced this week. Ooh. They had their big uh, Netflix event where they're announcing all their shows and all their, their things coming up. And uh, yes, she is coming to Stranger Things. Another throwback to the 80s. The Duffer brothers, of course, who love the 80s and, and are the producers and writers of Stranger Things are over the moon mm. to have her because she's so iconic uh, for anyone growing up in the 80s. I mean, we all wanted Linda Hamilton. I wonder Hamilton. what role she's going to play. Mm, let's see here. It says um, she joined the cast of Stranger Things. Uh, they haven't said anything. We do not know who Hamilton might be playing uh, or... What if she plays Sarah Connor? What if she plays Sarah Connor? What? That would make no sense. Why would it make sense? Because there's the theory, right, about uh, Winona Ryder. Because Stranger Things is so full of cultural moments, right? So there is definitely, I think there was even one episode where they mentioned Beetlejuice. Yes, that was the one. The one episode they mentioned Beetlejuice. So they go, if Beetlejuice exists... Surely Winona Ryder exists. So how do you explain this? In Obviously in a Stranger Things world where there's upside down world or whatever, right? So Yes, where things that, are so explainable. Exactly. Yes. So it goes, well, there's obviously Beetlejuice in their universe, so therefore there is a Winona Ryder, unless Winona Ryder, uh, someone else plays her character. 
but I want to see um, Sarah Connor play or Linda Hamilton play Sarah Connor in Stranger Things. But, but like straight to, to, de- to defeat to defeat the evil. The evil. What's that guy's name? The guy with the mm. tentacles? I don't remember. Vec- Vecna. Vecna. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. She's gonna come <laughs> she's gonna come beat but Vecna. I, I, it, yeah, maybe. I recently saw Linda Hamilton. Have, have you watched a show called Resident Alien? Because she's in that. Oh, she is. She's because like a military when, general chicky trying lost, to find the alien. I lost momentum on that. That That's the one where it's like it's quite of a, a comedy and the alien takes over the body of the small town doctor, yeah, dentist. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's cool. I like it. It's a good show. She must have come in later so because in I lost I lost momentum on that show. Yeah, she does come in. She comes in later, yeah. Oh, arms. Are her arms there? Were they covered? I, they were covered the entire time. She was wearing like a, a long sleeve the whole time. Yeah, Bit see. of a cold place set in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, true. So, so I, I wonder if yeah. I'm a Linda Hamilton fan or a Sarah Connor fan. I think that's that's mm. something i got to mm. kind of like work out because um, Beauty and the Beast just totally skipped me by. Did, <laughs> in Beauty and the Beast. I will, I will delve back into Beauty and the Beast one day. you got to get into it. In. you got to get into it. And like, mm. did they I end will. up? Did they end up together? Her and I can't Vincent. remember how it ended. Hmm. I honestly don't remember. Did he turn to, back I'll in? do a deep dive and I'll do it as a as a TV series one day when you least expect it. Look, let's be honest, yeah. On this that 80 show, we don't deep dive. We dip our toes in. <laughs> um there's no <laughs> we go to the shallow end and we go and then we just splash some water on the side and then we put our toe on that. So no deep dive. And then we have and then we have our Club Tropicana drinks by the pool. Yes. Yes. Uh because that's the um, adult way to do such things on that Eddie show, of course, we're saying what movie, if you never listen to the show, every week, we each one of us picks up a movie, a TV show, a something that reminded us of the 80s or we watched in the 80s. And then we talk about it, not really to tell you to watch it. Neither of us really watches it. It just goes, that's nice to talk about. Um, and uh, we start <laughs> off, <laughs> Dory, what do you have in the little video shop of your mind for us this week? I have something really cool this week that if you have Netflix, you can watch. It is not set in the 80s and it is not from the 80s, but there's a lot of 80s in it. And it gave me a real 80s vibe when I watched it. It made me feel like a teenage girl again. It's a really sweet movie on Netflix called Mixtape. Uh, I don't know yes. if you've seen it. I ha- I have watched it. I found it very underwhelming. I think I went into <gasps> it with the same reason as you did. But let's see from your perspective. Maybe I'm just not the target market. You are definitely not the target market, because wh- while you while you act like a teenage girl much of the time, you really aren't one. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I watched it with my teenager, and we both thoroughly enjoyed it. And I have to tell you, like I did. I wasn't expecting a huge amount from it. I was like, oh, this is going to be like, I, it was like one of those where I feel like something really light, you know, so yep. that I really don't have to think about at it, all. It is that sort and of it movie. Delivers. Yes, it is that sort of it movie. It delivers. And it actually, yeah, and it has a lot, because you've seen it, I can tell you, 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 you understand what I mean when I say it has a lot of 90s-ness to it as well. Yes. Like it's actually reminded me a bit of High Fidelity, those kind of, you know, that kind of, um <laughs> feeling, whatever you want to call it. But the basic idea is that there's this girl 
And the year is 19, the movie is set in 1999. It's just before Y2K and everyone's freaking out about Y2K, which I remember quite well. It was quite funny. And this girl, she lives with her grandmother. Her parents were killed in a car accident when she was two years old. And she, she desperately is trying to like learn more about her mother who she never really knew. And the grandmother doesn't talk about the mother. Mm. And then she finds a mixtape that her mother made when she was still alive. And she goes to track down. Okay, first of all, you remember that scene. She she finds the tape. She miraculously has a Walkman, a Sony Walkman. This is all in the basement of her house. Mm-hmm. She puts the tape into play and the Walkman immediately chews the tape, but to the point where it just takes it, pulls the tape out. She takes the tape out of the thing and is like, oh, well, that's it. It's broken. And that was the end of that. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like – you don't, you don't know the tricks. You don't know how to fix no, it. You don't but know. anyway, Where's that the was pencil? the whole premise. <laughs> Where's the pencil? <laughs> Where's the pencil? Come on. But yeah, she didn't know about the pencil. Fair enough. You know, a kid in the 90s might not know. But yeah, so it does set up the whole premise for the movie, which is that she's trying to track down the songs on the tape because she feels like maybe there's some, there was some sort of message from her parents to her. And she finds an old record shop in town. Yes. And there's this very grumpy man who runs the record shop. Like typical, like most music snobs, whoever worked in music stores in the 80s and 90s, he's typical that way. But he's really cool. You get to absolutely love him. And um, he's help, he helps her to like find the songs that are on the tape. And I have to tell you, Paolo, you know, we talk all the time about how we, we're always discovering new songs from the 80s that we didn't even know existed. This movie introduced me to a few songs I had never heard before. And I found this really cool article on the Netflix website. I've put the link there. You can check it out. That actually goes through all the songs on the soundtrack. And a lot of the songs were from the 80s. Not all of them, but a lot of them were from the 80s. And I had never heard of most of them. I knew the Brian Ferry song, yes, More Than This, yes. which is actually Roxy Music, which, I mean, huge song, huge hit. But other than that, and maybe it's because a lot of them were quite punk and quite obscure. Yeah. And I wasn't really into that kind of thing. I mean, the first song that you hear, which came out in 1981, a song called Getting Nowhere Fast by Girls at Our Best. Never heard it. Never heard of the band. It was quite cool. All right. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Then there was the Japanese punk song. Do you remember that one? Called Linda Linda by the Blue Hearts. Okay. And it's a song in Japanese, literally in Japanese. Very obscure. Came out in 1987. Right. These are songs I would never have heard if I hadn't watched. No, movie. but I mean, it's then, it's so many of them were so punky though. I mean, it it that's kind of where punk, the, yeah, yeah. Even when you do see a, I think you see a flashback of the parents. They are they're not total punk punk. Total but, punk. Yeah. Are they no, total? No, no, are they no, total no, punk? They were. I mean, are I think the punk? dad okay. had a mohawk and okay, yeah, okay, no, proper okay, punk. Though. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, the mom had like spiky gelled up hair. You know. Yeah. It's like. So, so, so tell me what you think about that, right? So a couple of things. Firstly, as much as mm. I miss record stores and video shops, I do not miss nor cared for the people who worked in them, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so. I always made friends with the people in the music shops. <laughs> and, they, and I mean, the one turned out to be a muso in a band. And I, yeah, look, they were, they, they were a unique type of personality. Yeah. I, ne- I never really cared yeah. for them. And I'm going to say, because I also worked in a music shop at one point, oh, there you go. I was that person. I, I, I find I that, that obviously <laughs> record shops and, and, and video stores are no longer relevant. And even towards the, like the, the end days of them, they became so corporatized. You just like, were just a bunch of clones of people who like 
they didn't really know. And that was one thing. I mean, the 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 knowledge of the people who worked in there was like mm. second to none, right? They really knew what they were talking about, but they were quite proud. You know, they, like they were very happy that they knew what they were talking about and you didn't. Um, tend yeah. tend yeah. to be like a few years older than you. Some of them may have known you from school or I remember like when I left school, you were coming in. So they were that kind of vibe. And uh, then they they didn't they treated you like dirt, and uh, the only ones that kind of still float around are people who work in comic book shops. They that's the kind of same genre sitting there working comic book stores um, are the last mm. the dying breed. Yeah. Although I imagine guys who probably work in vape stores are have the same attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would be that would be comparable for sure. That I think would be comparable. I think I think it could be very similar. Um, so I don't care for that. But Did what? You, okay, what, but but it's a sweet movie, and there is a scene which is a little bit cliched, I suppose. There is a scene that pays homage to say anything with a kid holding the ghetto blaster over his head, playing a song, and it, I just really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, and I highly recommend it if you feel like something light and sweet, and yeah. Yeah, it, it's, and learn some 80s songs, new 80s songs. There's at least four songs from the 80s on there that I'd never heard before. The one thing that, that throws me, right, is that like it was a hella difficult getting like music like this in the 80s, right? It's, I mean, if you're talking about getting Japanese punk music, it's, yeah. can you imagine, other than going to Japan and buying it in Japan and bringing it back, and that's how people got music. I remember, you know, when we first got into house music and hip hop, it was coming from people who went overseas and, and bought it back. But I mean, it yeah. kind of, I remember watching at the time and yes, there was Japanese punk and Japanese ska and I was going, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. They had too much access to music that would have been impossible to get. And it ruined it for, because nowadays you can get like shit from anyway. But um, yeah. I don't buy into it. But anyway, like you say, it is a sweet movie. It's a movie that you sit down and you don't want to think about. You don't have to think about. And no, um no, it, it is on Netflix. You'll discover, uh, quite right, get your Shazam ready because you're going to be Shazamming a hell of a lot. I was Shazamming. I was literally yeah. Shazamming during it and yeah. then checking the date of the release. But then I found, like I said, this cool article on the Netflix website that's got the list of all the songs when they were released, if they charted, where they charted. I yes. mean, it's celebs, it's charts of dream this page. <laughs> but um, it's very cool. I'll put the link on our Facebook page for this this page that has got the link to the song. So that if you don't want to sit through the movie, maybe you don't have teenage girl tendencies and you don't want to sit through the movie, but you want to check out the songs, they'll be there for you. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's some good stuff. Mixtape. I actually did see it um, in my recommended uh, the other day. So um, thanks for mm. bringing that to the table. I want to, I'm not going to jump straight into my movie first, just right now, uh, because okay. I want to read you a list of 10 terrible 80s movies we can't help but love. Okay. And my movie's number one in this. Okay. Right? So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, number 10, and we've spoken about this. Yeah. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh God. Okay, I've never watched it. Right. Do you remember when we used to have Red Nose Day in South Africa? Yes. They always showed this. Every year, Killer Clowns right. from Outer Space was on there. I loved it. There's another movie called Maximum Overdrive, a horror comedy written and directed by Stephen King. Um, it follows a group of people holed up in a North Carolina truck stop after a comet causes radiation to make all the machines on Earth come to life. Sounds phenomenal. 
How about right. how about this? Cannibal woman in the avocado jungle of death. <laughs> I've heard of it, but again, have not watched it. So it is a feminist professor recruited recruited to contact the piranha woman, an all-female cannibalistic tribe who believe men are only good as a food source. Uh, it's a parody of Indiana Jones, apparently. Uh, this okay. one, is this the Matthew Broderick one, The Last Starfighter? I think it is. When he is I think it was one of his first movies. Where he's a kid who plays a video are game. These, the, are these all from the 80s? All from the 80s. All from the 80s. Okay. Last Starfighter, it's Matthew Broderick plays a video game and does really well at it, not realizing that it's actually that's a... that's not a bad movie. We, it's movies bad. we love to hate. Um, I don't think it was bad. You're actually quite right. Okay. He has a movie... We hate you, to love. Hate we to hate love. to love, not love to hate. Well, but... There's a difference. He has a movie that mm-hmm. you spoke about. Uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Mm-hmm. You've recommended this movie. <laughs> it's bad, though. I'll it, admit okay. it's, it's bad. Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> and Helen Hunt. Okay, so yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Um. I can't believe we've never spoken about this movie. Earth Girls Are Easy. I've watched it. Wow. Yeah. I think I've watched it. It's very, I mean, the name's very familiar. Because he has the cast. Young, Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and Damon Wayans. And I remember it. It's wow. Four aliens crash onto Earth. They take up human form and try yes. to sleep with women. That's what it's about. I mean, uh, what else would aliens do? Of course, especially if you're Jim Carrey and Jeff Goldblum specifically. Uh, another mm-hmm. one, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, it follows okay. a trauma. It follows a boy who is traumatized after seeing a person dressed as Santa kill his parents. He gets raised by abusive nuns, has a mental breakdown, and emerges as a serial killer, Santa Claus. <laughs> it's a six-form franchise. This, okay. Wow, okay. Now, a lot of people hate this movie starring one of your favorites, Anthony Michael Hall and Kelly LeBrock, Weird Science. Oh, come on. How can you hate it? I think it is what it is. It is what it is. It's, it is quite creepy, actually, but... No, I um, know. It hasn't dated well. Number two, a movie that I recommended, I love this shit, Chopping Mall. Raspa, oh, God. Chopping Mall, yes. the robots, is a whole fucking thing. But the movie I'm going to come to you this week is there was a thing in the 80s um, <laughs> with nerds, right? So okay, in the 80s, everyone hated nerds. Like people hated them. Like if you were a clever, scientific, you were a nerd and you got beaten up. But normally, like if you actually look at back at it now, it goes, they won't just get beaten up because they are nerds. Most of the times they got beaten up because they were perverts as well. You know, like all the nerds in Revenge of the Nerds, it was very over the top while they got beaten up or ostracized, but they were always spying on people in showers. They were watched people having sex. They, you know, they were perverts. <laughs> you know, if you go back and think about it, right? And Well, I mean, that's how they were portrayed. That's not how they were in reality necessarily, but that's how they were portrayed. But, okay, this interpretation or this, you know, these nerds, right? So it kind of goes, right. they did hate nerds, but the nerds were always perverts. Porkies, it just rings true. They were always, the ostracized, the outliers were always perverts as well. So they kind of go, look, if you're going well, to... We won't talk about that scene in Revenge of the Nerds. We won't talk about <sighs> it. The Darth Vader one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If you wanna, if you wanna know what to talking about, just Google Darth Vader: Revenge of the Nerds. Very cancelable uh, scene. Mm. Into the, and we watched that as kids, and we didn't find anything wrong with it. 
And we didn't turn out to be serial killers or misogynists. I did. Or I found something then? wrong with it always. But okay. Anyway. Okay. Yes. I watched it. I didn't really. I mean, I th- you know, I think it went so over my head um, when I first watched yeah. it. And then it also goes, well, I didn't turn out to be a maniac. Like, I respect women. And Also, do remember that Revenge of the Nerds was 2 to 18 when, yeah. we, when we were kids. And most of us watched it before we were 18. Should not have been so watching it. So it's kind of our fault, right? Should. It was Mnet's fault. It was Mnet and the <laughs> easy way you could override the parental control button on the old DSTV decoders. Mm-hmm. It was their fault. Mm-hmm. And those errands guys at the video shop that allowed me to hire it. I blame them. Yes. Actually, another reason to dislike people who worked at okay. video shops. Hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. How do the video shop guys compare to the, the music shop guys? The music shop guys were worse. Way worse. Way worse. Because the video shop guys were also quite snobby about their movie knowledge, but they would let you, for example, take age-restricted age movies. That's what I'm saying. So they were like kind of your, your ally in a way, right? Exactly. The mm-hmm. music store guys, like if they felt you didn't know enough about certain music, they just wouldn't sell it to you. They're just like... No, they wouldn't, I mean, let you li- they wouldn't let you listen to it in the listening booth. I mean, you spoke about High Fidelity earlier. I mean, they were all Jack Black. Yeah. They were all exactly Jack Black. No, you don't know enough. You can't buy this. Get out of here. I don't want you, I don't want you to listen. Block your ears. Right? Where, you're right. Video store guys would let you go, listen, you're an idiot, but I'm going to let you take this. And just fast forward 17 minutes, you're going to become a man, son. And uh, so they were allies. You're quite right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So my movie that I'm going to talk about starts off with a character. He, um, everyone hates him because he's a nerd. Okay, <laughs> that's basically it. And he works in a health club, right? So he's the janitor okay. in the health club. And also working at the health club are the jocks and their very beautiful girlfriends. I don't see at any point them ever training anyone, ever working. They're just always working out and having sex. Okay. So of course, right. said nerd is always spying on them, having sex and He's like super geek. What I have to tell you about this movie is it is a super over-the-top movie that knows it's so bad. It is so shit and it fully leans into it. It goes, if we're going to make a bad movie, we're going to make the best bad movie ever. You would have seen this movie or at least I know your husband would have seen it and he would have tried to make you watch this movie because it falls into body horror. It falls into Fangoria. Okay, remember that magazine Fangoria? And what I read here? Yes. Fangoria baiting gore porn. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. I definitely haven't seen it, but chances are my husband has. Right. So this nerd, what is it called? This geek gets caught watching all these jocks, shenanigans, and uh, mm. they chase him. He runs away. He falls out a window into a mm-hmm. vat of toxic goo and he mutates. Why is there a vat of te- toxic goo? Why is it there? Because some delivery men were supposed to take it to go get rid of it, but they needed to smoke a doobie, as they say, and they stop okay, it. But why was it there in the first place? Where did it come from? They were smoking a doobie. They were taking it. They were taking it to dispose of it. But everyone in the yes, movies from a where? miscreant. From where? From, from the from the gym? No, from somewhere. They stopped in the alleyway at the gym, right? So they're taking it from okay. where this toxic goo is made to go dispose of it. But on the way, they stopped to have a doobie, right? right? And he falls in. And he mutates into, also the title of the movie, The Toxic Avenger. Oh, my God. I've seen the poster. I definitely haven't watched it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. (sighs) 
Oh, in the poster is the Toxic Avenger. Uh, he is holding yes. a mop as his weapon. And he now then goes, shit, I've got superhuman strength, superhuman speed. I am a superhero. I look terrible. My face is all melted. I've got boils coming out of my arms, but I am super powerful. The city that I live in is a cesspit, right? So I got to clean up the city and I got to take revenge on all these jocks who have been doing me wrong. And he systematically yep. goes around beating the shit out of people, right? And killing gangs, killing gang members, but all is in creative ways and all is with a pun. So there's one, <laughs> or you, you got a question, ask story, ask me. I do have a question. I do have a question because I'm looking at the poster again. Did he look like that though? Because I mean, yes. that is not an attractive face. So when he mutated, did he look like that in the movie? No, that's he, no. seven hours of makeup. No, he looked like a super geek. He looked okay. Like, oh no no no! In the movie, yeah no no. In the movie, he did look like that. In the movie, he did look like that. I, I, I don't know, I don't know if you can find a photo of what he looked like in the movie, um, but it's not dissimilar because obviously that's like a comic book drawing of him. Um, but he did look very similar to that, right? I'll look for the pic. I'll look. Yeah. So, but of course, a face like that, you can't love him, Dory. You can't love him. Uh, so he goes. Uh, he follows a gang into a uh, restaurant and this gang decides they're going to hold up the restaurant. Dory, they shoot a, a seeing eye dog, this gang. This is the type of movie it is. They shoot a seeing eye dog. Okay. What? Of the, That's horrific. It's horrific. And it just so happens that this lady who had the seeing eye dog falls in love with him because she's blind and love, <gasps> love is blind. And then she falls in no. love with him and she falls in love with him and they do a sex. And then um, things carry on. He rips people's arms off. There's a corrupt mayor who's trying to run the city into the ground. And when he kills him, he rips his stomach out. He says, you don't have the guts for this. <laughs> oh, God. It is so shit. Okay. It is so <laughs> shit. Right. But it's brilliant. But is it so bad? It's good. That's fantastic. You will love it because it's quite funny. It knows what it is. It's kind, it is actually a parody on these types of movies, but like without being too parody-ish, it's not too in your face. It's really well done. Uh, James Gunn, who was involved in the Marvel Universe, has now moved over to the DC Universe. He was involved in one of the sequels uh, because it spawned right. three other movies, a Saturday morning cartoon show, and a toy line. Right? It wow. Was, it also spawned okay. a comic book by Marvel. So technically, the Toxic Avenger is Marvel canon, and we could see him pop up in a movie with Ant-Man. It's not other realms of reality. But before we move on, I've left a lot there. If you look at the running order. <laughs> it's a lot. That's a lot, yes. I've dropped a picture in there, right? Tell me what you see. Yes, tell yes. Me what, tell me what you see. I see a screaming woman. In a towel. So this is the scene where yes. they're spying. This is where he's spying on the girls in the shower and they bust him before he turns into Toxic Avenger. You know who that young lady is? Marissa Tomei. Oscar-winning no. object of George no. Costanza's affection, Auntie May, that is Marissa Tomei in her first appearance. I mean, now that I look closer at the picture, I can see it, but wow, she's young, yeah. eh? She's just, she runs out, she screams, and then she runs back in. Like, that's pretty much the extent of a scene. So she pops up in it, so <laughs> she's in this movie. Mm. I mean, why are we sleeping on the Toxic Avenger? Like we sleep on Beauty and the Beast? Pretty much. 
pretty much. So that's my movie yeah. recommendation of the week. The Toxic Avenger, a movie we love to hate. Um, and uh, Hate to love, love hate to, to love, hate. Love to hate, hate to love. all of them, all of them. Um, I, I think it's worthy. I'm not saying I'm going to watch it. It's probably not my vibe, but I think it's, it's worth of mentioning. So well done. It's a movie that bombed at the box office, but thanks to VHS home video, uh, it found a second mm-hmm. life as a cult classic. So that is mixtape. Very oh, yeah. sweet. Very sweet teenage romp. Very. And then. Syrupy. Syrupy. And then toxic. But actually Avenger. not. Can I actually just qualify that actually what makes it different from other sweet teenage romps is it's not a love story. It's not a love story between, no. you know, a guy and a girl or a guy and a guy and a girl and a girl. It's, it's a story of friendship, actually. Friendship uh, and family. As That's, is, it's sweet in that way. As is Toxic Avenger. It's also about family <laughs> and ripping arms off right. and bad puns. And, um, right. And uh, unnecessary sex scenes. Like just randomly, they'll just be, oh, there's a sex scene nowhere in a junkyard. Yeah. Oh, because he lives in a junkyard, by the way. The Toxic Avenger. That's where he goes. Of course. Where else, where else would he live? That's where he goes and lives. In the second one, he goes to Japan. In Toxic Avenger 2, he goes to Japan for some ungodly reason. Wait a minute. How many are there? There's four. There's four. Oh, my God. There's a remake. That, I think. There's constantly been rumored to be a remake. Okay. Um, yeah. The remake is alleged to star or involve Peter Dinklage, right? Mm-hmm. Amongst others. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah Wood is also being uh, attached mm-hmm. to the remake. There is a Broadway show, Dory, of the Toxic Avenger. This thing is bigger. Wow. This thing is bigger than any of us. This thing is bigger than the Toxic Avenger universe. It's the new one. Okay. Don't sleep okay. on it. Okay. Don't sleep I on won't. it. I won't. I won't. As a cultural phenomenon. What's been happening to Dory and I a lot this week? A lot. Right? So Netflix oh have God. started to do the publications, so right? So much. Uh, Netflix have started to do the promotion of the Wham! documentary coming out 5th of July. We've spoken about it a few times on the show. Of course, we're early to the news. How many people are telling you that you must be beside yourself? You guys are, well, look, we do know about it already. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> thank thinking. Thank you for telling us. Thank you for telling Thank us. you for thinking that I might not have known about it. Yeah. But what amazed me is like, li- I'm literally hearing from people I haven't seen or spoken to in years. I know. I'm like thinking, we're not friends anymore. It's all fine. And then they suddenly <laughs> messaging me going, hey, did you see? Did you see what's coming? And I'm like, and as you mentioned, Paolo, we're just flattered that we are the people you think of when you see the word and the exclamation mark, wham. I mean. We're just, th- we're happy. We're happy that that's the case. I, I love it. I love so much that people look at George and Andrew and they think of Paolo and Dory. <laughs> and see us. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Exactly. That is like, it is, it is the biggest, halluc- the biggest trick, <clears throat> mind hallucination, Mandela effect <laughs> that you and I mean able to pull off. <laughs> uh, so, but Paolo, but Paolo Dari, on, Dari, on a serious note, before yes. you're going to say what you're going to say, on a serious note, did you see the Guardian preview of the documentary? I did. I think Barrett sent it to us. Did you read it? I think that was the one Neil Johnson sent to us. Was the it? The Guardian one, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I, can't, I can't remember who sent so many people. So many sure. people. So many people send me things about it. I have to say, after reading that, I'm I'm pre-disappointed in the docky. No. Dory, because don't, they no. say they no no, they say they don't speak to any of the relevant people in the docky. They don't speak to Andrew, they don't speak to Pepsi, they don't speak to Shirley, people that they could have spoken to. They don't speak to them for the docky. 
So it's like, hmm. Mm. Okay, but I'm, I'm keeping an open mind. Keep, I'm keeping an open mind. Keep an open mind. What I will but say about the Guardian. Speak, when we speak to Andrew, we'll just like get his thoughts. Find out, right? When, yeah. when, the, the, when it comes to the Guardian, right, I've read a lot of reviews yeah. of them. Firstly, the reviews are super short. They're like sub yes. 300 words. Okay, so they're always like very top line. Yeah. And I've never read a Guardian review of a former movie that they've actually liked it. <laughs> so <laughs> I also don't. Oh, you mean they always have to find something to complain about? Always. Constantly. Okay. No, constantly. I'm, still, I'm still excited and I'm still keeping an open mind. I just have a different expectation of it now. That's all. I'm just putting the words out there. I think you said it as well, watch party. I think watch party, the dad comes out for the mm-hmm. July the story of Wham. I don't care who they talk to. It's I get to watch Wham content for an hour and a half and don't give a shit. So I really don't care what. Yeah. Okay. So that that's me. And other people, other people will watch it. They people who might have thought, eh. Because, you know, when I speak to people about that's Wham, it. I remind them. Because yeah. sometimes people think of Wham as like, oh, they were just a silly little thing in the 80s. Wham were one of the biggest, hugest things in the 80s. They were like the first band to go and perform in China, okay? Yep. yep. Don't don't forget these they, things. They have, they have sales forget. records. They have sales records and UK chart records that only now are being broken in this like bullshit age of streaming and downloads when there were physical sales. Mm. They have records that have stood yep. since then. Okay, so don't sleep on Wham. And that's what you're right. It's going to bring <laughs> a whole new generation of Wham fans. And they, yeah. they, they're going to go, I love Wham. I need more Wham-related content in my life. Let me Google. Is there a podcast about Wham? Oh, that 80 show. New listeners. Mm. New listeners, Dory. So. Okay. Okay. If, effectively, we're the winners. We're the winners out of this whole right. thing. But shame, who's not a winner is Andrew Ridgely. We spoke about it when they, like, made their, what, coupled them? Made their relationship official or public. Oh, Andrew, oh, no. Oh, no. His model girlfriend, oh, Amanda no. Cronin, has dumped him. She dumped him. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yep. I wonder what happened. Yeah, he split from his girlfriend. Um, Amanda told the Daily Mail, so take it where it comes from, about calling quits on the relationship. I'm grateful for the time we've had together. He's smart, funny, sexy, and cool. Andrew's such a phenomenal guy. But I don't think he's really relationship but. material, although he has been in a very long relationship. I will get married again and it won't be to Andrew. <gasps> That's unnecessary. I, I just saw that line as you were reading it. I just saw that line. That is that is so cold. That's so unnecessary. It's like you broke wow. it up. Of course you're not getting married to him. Wow. <laughs> the hell? <sighs> the hell? Guess who just made my shit yeah, list? Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, absolutely. No. We don't care about yeah. her. She doesn't matter. She can take her long ass wow. Belgravian legs and fucking walk to China for all I can. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't she have the longest legs in the world? Or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. They were unnaturally long. Unnaturally. She's an alien, I tell you. Yeah. That, that is a very cold. Mm. Listen, I, I, we've seen enough Andrew content and read the books, get it. I can kind of picture the sort of person Andrew would be, right? Mm. And um, that's fine. Things don't work out. Uh, is he still in, is he still in love with uh, Karen Woodward from Banana Rama? 
Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. Let's not speculate, though. Let's wait until we speak to until, him. Until we ask him. But anyway, um, hashtag Amanda Cronin, get a walk-in. Get a walk-in, <laughs> Amanda Cronin. Good riddance <laughs> is what I say mm. to her. Go and upset Andrew. I don't think Andrew actually gave a shit. I think it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Things must end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things must end. Um, so I just did a quick roundup of like some of our favorite 80s people, what they've been to, why they've been in the news. Love Dolph Lundgren. Um, do I love his nipples more? I don't know. I can't really separate the man from the nipples. But a story yeah. this week, we find that Dolph Lundgren secretly battled cancer for eight years. Dory. Sure, when? Yeah. So he's he's recently, oh, sorry, battled for two or three years. Um, oh. He, Yeah. Sorry, I take that, not eight years. He battled cancer for two or three years um, and he kept it a secret. So this was, um, he battled for two or three years. He had kidney cancer, which spread. Uh, he was going to start production on Aquaman and the Expendables when they discovered it. He, uh, different tumors. He had tumors in the lung, stomach, spine, and uh, spent took a break, spent some time with family. He is in remission, uh, but he hmm. didn't want to, anyone to know he had surgery, had a tumor removed. Uh, they did scans. Mm. Everything is fine. He's in remission so far. Um, and he had the secret cancer battle. No, I like, it was eight years. It was, it does say it's an eight year cancer battle in another, in another part of it. Yeah. So he battled cancer for eight years on and off. Um, sure. Mm, and uh, he got told that, um, the, the one round they said it didn't look good for him. So we wouldn't wow. have, yeah. They said, spend, take a break, spend more time with your family. Uh, so that's Dolph sure. Lundgren, a secret When they say bank. that, you know, you know there's a problem. Yeah. And they yeah. say that. So thankfully yeah. he's he's in good health. And uh, then, of course, if I see what Dolph Lundgren's up to, I've got to find out what David Hasselhoff is up to. And that's what I want to finish the show off with, a mm-hmm. check-in on David Hasselhoff, who loves trains. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because of the music video with the train? Unrelated. So where I oh, go, yes? I go David Hasselhoff News, in a, a website dedicated to train enthusiasts, they've interviewed David Hasselhoff, which leads me to 25 yes. things you didn't know about David Hasselhoff, right? So this is an interview with him, most recent interview, talking David Hasselhoff, what's he up to, right? I'm going to read you these insights he gave us from this article. His comfort food is dim sum, and he likes steamed dumplings. Okay. A fan of Chinese food, mm. right? Mm. Um, the songs that the song that brings back the best memories for him is "Old Lang Syne." <laughs> you know, okay. Uh, because yeah. he loves okay. Chinese food, he's dying to go to China. I want to see if they'd recognize me. I can't believe he's never been to China. Of course, he'll be recognized. Of course, he'll what be a stupid thing to say. Of course, he will. His favorite wardrobe item is his eagle jacket that he wears a lot. It's very 80s. Um, That'll be on the next option though, maybe. Oh, definitely. Definitely. He does like to sell his shirt. His favorite singers growing up was Sammy Davis Jr. and John Davidson, uh, that he was awestruck and starstruck when he met Sammy Davis Jr. He was on Young and the Restless at the time. And Sammy Davis Jr. said that he wears a hat of success, but he has to be careful because his hat could get taken away. And they became very good friends. No confirmation <laughs> okay. if he wore a hat. Sammy Davis Jr. Okay. says, you young whippersnapper, you wear a hat of success. <laughs> um, 
No surprises. Yeah. David Hasselhoff, when he hits the gym, what do you think his favorite workout is? Chest. Chest uh, lift. Yeah. Okay. The man has got a huge chest. I was going to say bench press. Yeah. Yeah. The man has got a big, yeah. big chest. Um, his yes. favorite place to travel is Austria. Not all of Germany, but Austria. Um, but of course, his favorite moment was singing on the Berlin Wall uh, yes. as the Berlin Wall fell. Um, his first big purchase was a black Porsche 928 with tan interior with $54,000 and, and now comes the train thing. Why he travels by train is his wife hates flying. So when they get to okay. Europe, I don't know how they get to Europe in the first place. Uh, they travel all over Europe through train. You see. So that's I mean, why the train they, thing comes they would in. They have to take a boat. Yeah. To get to Europe. I mean, and hang on, they're in California. Yeah. So that's a real, so they, maybe, they would maybe have to take a train to the East coast of the USA, then get on a boat. Yeah. And then, then a train. when they're in Europe, get yeah. back on trains. And that's, that's probably why he's never been to China. Long. Yeah. That's why he's never been to China. So that's why this train story comes about. Yeah, so but I mean, if you're going business. from the, from the West coast, if you're going from the West coast of America, it's a hop and a skip to China. The other way around. Uh, David Hasselhoff's movie mm. is also uh, Dances with Wolves, uh, not a SpongeBob movie. And he never travels without his earbuds, his wallet, and his watch. So all in all, a fucking boring 25 factoids about David Hasselhoff. I mean, not totally boring. <laughs> we made it interesting. We found the angle. I've got to be honest with you. Because yes. we yes. found... We made it. We made it. We, you know, it's like, a, I got to give David Hasselhoff content. These are 25. It's like, wow, David Hasselhoff, you re look really good for your age. Let's hear your thoughts and opinions. Holy shit, you're 100% your age. You're an old man <laughs> talking about Happy New Year songs and going to China. <laughs> it's like, that's how I know you're an old man. <laughs> Oh, you never know what's going to happen on that 80 show. Everything we spoke about on the show can be found that 80 show essay Facebook page. Just look for the George and Andrew avatar in the profile picture and be sure that it is us. It is not the wham page. Um, Amanda Cronin, hashtag Amanda Cronin, get a walk in uh, has been a fun show. Thanks for joining me, Dory. We are going to get into beauty and the beast with Ron Perlman. Didn't need that much makeup. Got to be honest. Uh, so mm -hmm. glad, Linda Hamilton, going back to Stranger Things. What has been the favorite thing you learned in the show this week? Um, I'm going to go with Marissa Tomei being in that really silly movie that I'm never going to watch. In a towel. Marissa Tomei in a towel. In a towel. Let's just add that. Yeah. Um, so thank you for joining me, Dory. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, indeed. <laughs>